Welcome everybody to this week's Film Effect Weekly Entertainment Recap Podcast. Hey, what's happening, Film Effect listeners? Welcome to the show. Welcome to FewerCast, our Film Effect Weekly Entertainment Recap Podcast, where we break down all the week's Film Effect movie news from our full effect point of views. My name is Ed, and you can't have an episode of FewerCast without the usual suspects. Joining me this week are Andrew. Howdy. Justin. Hey, now. And Corey. What's up? Gentlemen. Let's kick this bitch off as we tighten that grip and bring on the Rick, 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 Rick. I may have some breaking news for you, Elliot. Before we begin, did everyone get their Scream 6 fan event tickets that went on sale today? I just want to make sure I'm not the only cat attending this bad boy. <laughs> I got mine in my keychain. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Can't tell if that's a serious question or not. Kind of-ish. Who? I got mine. Oh, but I, then again, I have the A-list, so... Like, who buys tickets in advance? I've never once in my I life always, bought a movie I ticket I always ask that advance. a question. If I didn't have the A-list, I would, n- I would never, you know, do that. I was just joking. Anyway, um... So, I wanted to talk about this AMC. Speaking of theaters, um... This, this seat-specific pricing that they're rolling out at the end of the year, or by the end of the year, rather. I mean, I've heard a couple conflicting reports already on this shit. I heard uh, through a couple sources that it's supposed to start as early as next week. But then the initial reports, including the one that I'm referencing, um, one Joe Blow, uh, says that it's by the end of the year. So regardless... If you've been under a rock this past week, what's been going on is they're basically going to be tier options now at theaters, and it's your price. Your t- the price of your ticket is going to be based off of whatever tier you get your seat at. So, don't you guys miss just buying a ticket and just going and finding a seat? <laughs> Remember those days, Jesus Christ! I miss everything about the movie going experience, like the, the AMC by us. I've said it before. It's, and I'm only half kidding. It's like a third world experience at this point. It's like what I imagined seeing uh, a movie in like the Congo is like. Like you, you, you buy like I just I don't get popcorn and chicken fingers and all that shit. I used to, but now I usually just don't leave myself enough time for all that because it takes fucking forever if you get food. But even something as simple as buying a soda. I then have to get in line and wait for everybody else to get their food and for my number call just to get a cup. Like it works so much better when they just hired a fucking 17 year old to stand <laughs> at a register and do all this shit. Like it might Remember, be a little bit slower, but it worked better. It's so much better. Well, you and I both ran into that issue a couple of weeks when we saw uh, a couple of weeks ago when we saw Skin of Rank. We yeah. had that issue because we were both no either that or Avatar, whatever film we or saw both. together. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Or in your case, because I I rarely do. I rarely, you know. What the fuck is Skinner Skinner Dink? That's 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 getting off topic. Um, you know, it's it's not 
every day I'm, you know, kicking out $7 for a drink and then an extra $8 for a bag of Skittles or whatever. But anyway, because um, I remember that specifically, you and I waited forever on a fucking day. It was just, it was exhausting. I, I yeah, I don't know how yeah. you do it every time we go. I just want to say, like, I went, uh, like, to the movies recently and it's just like, it, it's like going into a great cathedral that was once <laughs> awesome. But now yeah. it's just like surviving it's, on crumbs and it's so run down bad. Yeah. Like, so the Towson uh, theater, like it's a little bit better in my opinion, but like then you get in there and like everything's all greasy and like the seats, like where the controls are is like literally I can just see grease caked on like where you have to hit the button to recline. Like I, I literally <laughs> had to use a napkin to recline. And then like on the walls, you just see like these huge like dust bunnies like hanging off the walls and it's supposed to be like this fancy vip treatment and it's just understaffed Every i know i'm not i'm not blamed. i know i'm not blaming the people i know they're doing the best they can but i'm just it's just like supposed to be this high-end experience and it's just not anymore it's just because oh, I, they're understaffed I've, and underpaid i've seen the faces working at some of these theaters i'm blaming the people as well <laughs> so I'll, I'll take that one uh but anyway the the first ticket option according to this site is standard sight line referred to as seats that are the most common in auditoriums and are available for the traditional cost of a ticket next is value sight line described as seats in the front row of the auditorium as well as a select ada seat and as well as select ada seats in each auditorium and are available at a lower price than standard sightline seats uh, furthermore, value sightline pricing is only available to AMC Stubbs members, including their free or, including their free tier membership. Uh, the last tier is preferred sightline, which refers to um, seats in the middle of the auditorium and are priced at a premium to standard sightline seats. So that's odd. So the middle seats are going to be the most expensive, not not the top, the ones in the back. Wouldn't they be like the premium seats, the no, ones in the back? The middle of the no. theater is where you yeah. want to be. Like right smack dab in the middle of the theater is the ideal uh, viewing experience for most theaters. So that's, it's going to be probably like yeah, as you I'm work your way person. out. I go to the back. Yeah. I mean, I don't really care that much. As long as I'm not at the very front, I'm good. Like, <laughs> so I'll just pay for the cheaper ones. I'm just waiting to see here like a partially obstructed view. Like, where you're sitting behind a pole or something like that, like they sell at concerts. Yeah. And then it says, uh, site maps, detailing sections of the theater and seating price points will be available online and at ticket counters. AMC will enforce Sightline for showtimes beginning after 4 o'clock at participating theaters. Sightline will not be available on Discount Tuesdays where all movies are $5 anyway. Uh, Real quick, just to add to this, reading all this off and, and, and first thing that comes to mind to me is movie pass and that shit like a few years ago when that went downhill and they all of a sudden were like breaking out these tier prices like it just brings back vietnam flashbacks for this guy i don't know uh what were you gonna say andrew i'm sorry no i was gonna say like i mean i've never been a huge fan of the movie theater experience i like the idea of going to a movie theater tell you go once a year (laughs) Obviously, <laughs> I'm just saying like I just I don't like being around people I don't being around I don't like being around like the obstruction of my experience of the film I suppose the only time I really like thoroughly enjoyed being at the theater I feel like was Endgame where everybody was just super hyped during the entire thing 
Like that right. that in itself is an experience, but like I don't want to go see I don't know uh, the new Christopher Christopher Nolan film like with a bunch of people. I'd rather that be in my own the comfort of my own home. So yeah, that's just I, a personal I'm... opinion of mine, I guess. I like I don't appreciate the movie theater experience the way everybody else does. I appreciate the thought of the movie theater, but not the experience. Yeah, I'm forever gonna love the theater experience, no matter what. You just can't take that away from me. You can try, but it's it's. I'm never gonna turn a new leaf on that topic. AMC's uh, trying, all right. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean AMC's I'll I'll sit through a dreadful sixty second spot of the same. You know, Nicole Kidman. Shit Is Betty White s- still there? Betty White. Like at the uh, opening of the AMC theater thing? Hi, dog. She did. She never was. was. I feel like she was. No. All right. Well, (laughs) carry on. Okay. See? Perfect example of you never going to the theaters. You're thinking fucking <laughs> it's Betty been so White long Betty White was the doing the openings. That's how long it's been. What the hell like to was Betty White welcoming me to a fucking AMC <laughs> theater? Anyway. Maybe um, in a fever dream. I don't know. <laughs> I guess. But no, what I was going to say is like, I just love it so much that I'm never going to get tiresome of it. So, you know. Um, I can't remember the last me, time. Yeah, the prices suck, but that's why they have these price plans now, which I, you know, are, uh, you know, I take part in because it's, uh, you know, for the price of one premium ticket, you're seeing 12 films a month, three a week. It's, you, you cannot beat that deal. It is a fucking, if you're going to see at least, if you know you're going to the theaters twice in a month, I don't know why you're not signing up for this. It's just, it's a steal. But anyway, other than that, like, I, I, I just, I love the theatrical experience. It's never gonna die. Like I'm always gonna feel that way about it. I've 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 been a fan of the theaters ever since I was a kid, and it's it's my getaway. You know, I go to the theaters like I say, all the time by myself most of the time. Nine times out of ten, I'm going and catching a film solo, and I love it because it's, you know, it's it's my getaway. I go into a movie to just break free of all the bullshit around me you know and for that 90 to 120 minutes sometimes more i i know that i'm gonna be you know in another world where it's a fucking movie i'm in my favorite place in the world and yeah that's how i am when it comes to that stuff so as far as this this just here subject goes like we'll see you know personally in the end is it gonna stick? Probably, because it's an, it's a, it's a, you know a corporate chain thing. But I, I don't know. A lot of people are pissed off about this. I know that film Twitter is having a fucking cow over this. Um, you know, Justin, and, and and it's whatever they like the bitch. But Justin, yeah. were you gonna say something? Uh yeah. I mean, I, I, like all you guys have like said something that I could comment on. And I can't remember what I was gonna say at any point right oh, now okay. but but uh just on that last thing that ed was saying like people like just need to stop purchasing this shit in my opinion like the, the corporations have just stopped even pretending to give a fuck about whether or not they're fleecing us it's like with concert ticket prices like if a taylor swift concert ticket is 600 dollars, don't fucking buy it i know you want to go or you want your kids want to go i get it 
but the reason that they can keep doing this is because people keep relenting. They they bitch about it and then they relent and buy the ticket. Just fucking stop. Like, you know, there are bands that I would love to, that I want to see, but I see the prices sometimes. I'm like, I'm not fucking paying that. That's outrageous. And it's going to be the same now for movies. I don't care. I've said it before. I don't care if they ever make another movie. There are so many movies that I need to catch up on. I never need to go to a movie theater again and I'll be fine. So if they're going to charge me an extra five bucks just for a seat, uh, fuck it. I'll give Shutter five bucks and watch a, a handful of movies a month rather than, you know, blow it no on some greedy on asshole charging me for a, a premium seat. It, it's just, it, it, I don't know when is enough enough for these people. Like they're just bleeding everybody dry. There's got to be a breaking point where it's just not feasible to participate anymore. Or you can take this opportunity to support art house theaters or theaters where like, like the Charles, for example, you know, where it's not corporate owned. It's its own thing. It's, it's independent. Yeah, but that's liable to, and if this is successful for AMC, which I pray to God it's not, but I'm I'm pretty sure it will be. It's going to um, be, because people are going to give in and pay that ticket price. Right, people are going to get it. And the Charles, you know, two or three years from now will end up doing the same thing. They'll just be like, we, we have no choice but to do this, just to keep up. So, You think they're going to do that? You think they're going to stoop to that level? Yeah, everybody does. Yeah, absolutely. Huh. Interesting. I'm not really thinking that far ahead, but I just don't see this as something personally that catches on but there's in in today's day and age it, it, we're in such a, a hyper capitalist moment you can't just do the right thing for the sake of doing the right thing you got to do whatever is going to bring in the most money and if it if that if this tiered thing ends up being a winning strategy then everybody else is going to have no choice but to follow suit it's just the way things work all i know is 24 dollars and change comes out of my bank account the fifth of every month and it is well worth it and that's all that's all i pay when it comes to the theater you know that 24 dollars and change gets me 12 experiences a month so yeah see, i if use I was, all of them but if you're going at least twice it's worth it if i was single like you know when you know 15 20 years ago fuck yeah i'd be all over it because i i would go to the movies a bunch of times in a month i just don't have the the availability to do that anymore so that sort of thing's not worth it for me you know there are times where i happen to get in two or three movies a month but that's not the norm you know right yeah think ahead make sure it's something that you're going to be doing monthly because you know it's not like an on and off thing it's not like a program you can just turn on and off after you uh after after you stop using it or whatever like you can't re-sign back you can't sign back up for six months yeah there's like four movies in the theaters right now that i would like to go see but it's not worth it for me to buy a movie pass or whatever the new one is to uh that's something else for this for this consideration too is you know what movies are coming out in the next couple months yeah there's only like one big release coming out in the next three months then you really want to get that pass right now you know but like i said if you're already doing it you know, be careful because you have to wait six months before you can sign back up. I just experienced that. I just signed, re-signed up last month for mine. So, um, listen, yeah, all think- I'm saying is, and hear me out. If Betty White, right, has ever Jesus. been in an AMC opening, I want you to tweet at Film Effect Pod and let him know because 
I'm Are you confusing you, right. Nicole Kidman for Betty White somehow? I think he really is. I, I feel think like, he is. Heart, like heartbreak he feels same. good in a place like this. <laughs> I pretty much know that whole entire fucking spiel verbatim from being at that theater so much lately. I'm just waiting to see like AMC ads like come to the theater. We fucking dare you to have a good time. Yeah, that's where we're <laughs> at. <laughs> I mean, I thought she was supposed to record a new one. It's been the same one since the pandemic started. It'd be pretty goddamn funny if it was like realistic. Like she showed up. The place looks like shit. Your fucking ass <laughs> sticks. Yeah, I know, right? I, I just feel I like know what theater she's going to. I just feel like back in, in the day when me and Colin used to. I just feel like back in the day when me and Colin used to go to the movie theater. I used to say, thanks, Betty White. At some point or another during the opening. Jesus Christ, there was no Betty White. Oh, I think you yeah, guys true. were just token up too much before the You movie. guys smoked way too much back before they go in there. You were just talking so. to some old lady in the front row, like, thanks, Betty. She's <laughs> 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 like fucking running away. Oh, man. All right, Andrew, uh, what do you uh, want to talk about this week? Uh, this week, uh, Deadline posted a story about a new Frozen film, Toy Story film, and Zootopia coming from Disney. That was announced by CEO Bob Iger. So, Bob Iger? Bob Iger. Iger. Is it Iger? Is it Iger? Iger. Iger. It's Iger. not Iger. I can assure you it's not Iger. It's Iger. Oh, whatever. I don't know. Either way, so I wanted to bring this up for two reasons. One, I really like Toy Story, so I'm excited to see a new one. Um, Have you seen I've the fourth one? So this is this is where this comes from. I like the first Frozen as well. I have not seen Frozen two. I have but not I seen Toy Story four, and I have not. I don't think I've even heard of Zootopia. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm surprised it spoofs Breaking Bad. Does it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, either way, I mean, I'm actually surprised. Like, I I really feel like Toy Story three was supposed to be like the quote unquote grand finale of Toy Story. Yeah. They made two of these motherfuckers since then. <laughs> They've made one. Well, I'm saying this is this will be the second. And the one they made is not good. Listen to mine and Corey's Toy Story. Or listen to Corey's Toy Story episode where we talked about that rather. It's um Yeah, not fans. Um Yeah, where I'm at on this, uh Zootopia, I've never seen it. Um so I don't have an opinion on that movie. Uh, don't they have a TV show on Disney Plus that's like based on Zootopia? I, th- I think I know of it. I've just never seen the actual movie. I don't know. Hence the like, Breaking Bad references. Like Zootopia is basically a buddy cop movie. Like it's that's the bunny, and then uh, the fox played by uh, Jason Bateman, uh, and they're trying to mm. track down like this drug that like makes the animals like turn back into like their feral form. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like a buddy cop movie. It's That's pretty decent. It, it like if you throw it on with a kid, they'll enjoy it. There's a few mm-hmm. uh, grown up jokes in there. It's pretty good. It's not like top tier level, but it's decent. Uh, that said, Toy Story four. I just talked about my opinions on that. Uh, love the first three. Um, but you know, we we just talked about that last month on the Toy Story episode. Yeah, listen to my episode. Exactly. Uh, and then, as far as Frozen goes, um, love the first film. Fucking love Frozen. Never seen Frozen 2. <laughs> Oddly Damn. enough. For as much as I love Frozen, I've never seen Frozen 2. So, I, I, I'll i see it. I mean, you know, there's I have nothing. Oh. There's, 
I don't know why I haven't seen Frozen 2 after all these years. I have no idea why. Madeline grew up. I think that is why. Madeline grew up and she grew out. So, um, maybe I'll see the third one. I wouldn't say I love Frozen, but I enjoyed it. No, I loved Frozen. I saw it in the theater like three times. I had the soundtrack and everything. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, the, uh, yeah, I mean, these are three movies you're bringing up that, you know, I, you know, I, sure, I guess. I mean, I'm not. I didn't mean for that Jesus Christ to be like condescending. No, no, <laughs> I know, but no. Um, I mean, they're just sequels. Disney. I, I mean, I, I Toy Story Five was inevitable. I'm surprised Utopia has taken this long to come out with yeah. a sequel. That was a big uh, hit. I know, yeah. but that was like ten years ago too, and. Um, Frozen. I mean, that was another one that was we all saw coming. Frozen three. I mean, yeah. Come on now. Yeah. Uh, okay. Justin, you've been quiet. Oh, I have absolutely no opinion. I, I, I'm just, <laughs> that, that's yeah. the joke. What were you gonna say, Corey? No, that's why I was gonna talk. I figured Justin wasn't necessarily gonna chime in, but yeah, like Zootopia. I'm surprised because just the. The way the movie is, like, it's just ripe for sequels and spinoffs because mm-hmm. it's just such a big city and world they built. Uh, so, yeah, I was a little surprised there hasn't been a mainline sequel with how successful it was. But there's a, uh, now I could have sworn there's a TV show on Disney Plus, though, isn't there? There might be. I don't know. Okay. But uh, and now I'm getting that Shakira song stuck in my head that went with that movie. Now that we're talking about it, I'm thinking about it. But, um, yeah, as far as Toy Story, I don't know. It's just... I don't usually get upset about sequels, but like they ended Why? it so well with the third one. Exactly. It just annoys me that they they did the fourth one and then now because the fourth one it's not a bad movie. It's just mediocre. No, it's just I think it's a bad movie. It's just disappointing. Like after the perfection of the way the third one ended, you know I, I think one of the best endings to a trilogy ever. I have so many issues with that sporky character. So many issues. Yeah, it's dumb. But so I'm a little annoyed about it. But I, you know, I knew it was gonna keep coming. They got to keep it relevant because they keep they put in Toy Story Land and all the theme parks. Like you got to keep the money machine rolling. But you know what they also put in? What's that? Tron. Okay, let's get a third Tron movie, Disney. Well, you know why they did that? Because it was already built in uh, like the in Tokyo, Disney, like Shanghai or Tokyo. Was it, was it Tokyo or Shanghai? Yeah, one of those parks over there. Yeah, it was one of those parks, so literally they just had to clone it and not pay any, like, extra research costs, so... But yeah, I... Well, I, I want to ride that ride, man. I saw the watch the POV video. It looks badass. Yeah, I mean, I do too, and I would love another Tron, you know, Garrett Hedlund, Olivia Wilde, Jeff Bridges come back, but... Mm-hmm. I just don't know if that's going to happen. I we'll pro- We might get something on Disney+, Plus, like a cheaper version, but... Even if it's I a show, I'll it watch it. I read that just recently, like within the last week or so, I read that they're they're at least in talks of, about doing the third one. Yeah, but I've been hearing about that Jared Leto. I've been hearing about that Jared Leto film for years. Yeah, it's Jared years. Leto, right? Yeah, yeah, it's been around for it's, years. It's been around for a while. And Frozen and Frozen Two are both good. Like, it's funny. My son uh, watched the movie a while back, and he wasn't that into it. But now he like loves the soundtrack, and he he wants to learn all the <laughs> words to let it go. It's so awesome. like now he's obsessed with it. So now I'll be watching. I'm sure those again. But <laughs> yeah, I mean they're pretty decent. So it's just the money making machine. Just not much to see here. It's that mouse. Yep, uh-huh. keep the Disney train rolling. 
right. Um, How was Lightyear, by the way? No clue. Never seen Lightyear? it. Lightyear is okay. It's probably one of the most unnecessary movies I've ever seen. <laughs> just, uh, I mean, just like that. It seems like they're running out of ideas. Like, they're like, what can we do with tie in a Toy Story? Uh, we'll make the movie that the character was based off of. Keep forgetting but, that that's an actual movie, too. Yeah, it, it was fine. Like, it. It was mid-tier. Like, the little sidekick character was pretty funny. That was probably the funniest part of the movie. He has, like, a little robot cat, Buzz. And that's probably the funniest part of the movie. <laughs> Everything else was just mediocre. Uh, um, Justin, I know you had a busy day, but I don't think you actually shared what you wanted to talk about. Uh, I, I couldn't really find a good story. Um, so I was just going to bring up the fact, because surprisingly, I feel like I haven't seen much made about this. But uh, Melinda Dillon from uh, Ralphie's Mom from A Christmas Story, uh, The Mom in Close Encounters. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was also in Magnolia, one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, she died over the weekend. Uh, she was 81 or 83. I forget how old she was. It, I was She was older than I thought she would be. 83. 83 yeah but um and i'm surprised that i i haven't really seen more about it than i did because um you know simply for her role in a christmas story i just figured it would be bigger news but um i always always love seeing her pop up in a movie um i've said it on here before her performance in a christmas story is one of my all-time favorite performances um so yeah i was bummed to hear and she just like i don't know if she officially ever retired from acting but she just stopped acting in about 2007 or around that time yeah she was uh, in rain over me without understanding yeah i think that was the last thing right yeah so um that's when she just kind of greedily want want to see a few more perform you know like to see some uh like performances of her as an older woman would have been interesting um, yeah, it's a shame she didn't come back for uh, the the Christmas Story sequel. She would have been great. Yeah, yeah so I'm sure she had her day. reasons. I mean, how old? 83. I mean, I'm sure she was. Uh, yeah, she's like, fuck it, I don't need to do that anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know why what she died of, but uh, maybe she was sick. Who knows? Um. It's kind of weird timing that sequel comes out and then she passes away not even yeah. a year later. Uh, but that's really the only thing I remember her from or know her from is uh, Rafi's mom. You know. Oh, you never saw um, Close Encounters? No. Okay. Yeah. She her she's the one who her um, her son gets taken by the aliens. Gotcha. Um, she spends the movie trying to get him back, and then she's and also, she's also the mother and Harry and the Henderson too. Yeah, that's right. I knew there was one other one. Yep, she's the mother and Harry. And the so that's another one that I remember her yep. from. Yeah, and then she's in uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's Magnolia, and she's also Plays, in uh, Toby Jimmy Hooper's Spontaneous Combustion. What is she in? <laughs> Toby Hooper's Spontaneous Combustion with Brad Dorf. I don't know that one. Yeah. What year was that come out? Ninety. I don't remember that. 1990. Hell of a year for the genre. I just got done watching a 1990 genre film before we started recording. I was watching Class of 1999, baby. I haven't seen that in a long time. It's fucking crazy. Fucking got awesome practical effects. Oh, man. All right. Um, Andrew? No, Corey. Ed? <laughs> Shut up. Corey. 
Yeah, I mean, saving I, the best for last. Yeah, I mean, I feel terrible that she passed. I mean, eighty-three. It's like you start getting to an age where, you know, everybody feels bad, but it's like. I mean, if I lived to 83, I'll be happy. Like, you know, I, I think I would have had a full life at that point. Right. So it, it's not like a tragic loss. But of course, it's yeah, it's a big loss. I mean, any fan of like a Christmas story and Close Encounters like myself would always love to see her come back. And either, either something related to that, those movies or something else. I mean, I think she played the mom role very well. I think she mm-hmm. could have easily played the grandmother role very well as well, you know, too. So. Yeah, I would have liked to see her come back for maybe the Christmas story thing they did or, um, you know, something of that sort. But yeah, it's just sad. It's just life goes on and just, I don't know, every year it just like we lose more and more of her childhood. So. Uh, um, how about your story? Oh, sorry. I thought you were asking me about that. <laughs> <laughs> or both. <laughs> All right. So, Corey's trying uh, to make me feel bad for not saying anything. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. So my story uh, was also from Deadline, and that's just ba- basically about James Gunn and Peter Safran um, and their big plans with the new DC slate. Um, so I believe it's called, yes. what was it, Gods and Monsters. So I was excited. I wanted to talk about this. I, I remember reading it the other day. Um, you know, it's pretty cool to kind of get more of a clearer vision of what's going to be going on now. And I really like, um, just the way Gunn, uh, explains things. He said, we're not setting dates, uh, because we would rather take extra time and make sure a script or a film is done and ready before we set a date and then move it back, which we all know that DC is legendary by now for pushing stuff back or moving dates around. Oh, yeah changing things uh you know we now know more like uh obviously shazam's gonna come out because that's coming out fairly soon um we know the flash is coming out and the the flash movie out yep uh and we know the hype train on that is really high because i've heard people say it's like one of the best superhero movies ever um which i mean i mean anybody who's a comic book fan especially a dc fan like myself that uh, the flashpoint paradox is like just a banger of a story so uh, they're starting with good source material there, so that'll be cool. That'll be the reset for everybody, um, as it should be. So that's coming out. Um, and basically, they said, as far as like some of the actors, like uh, Jason Momoa or Gal Gadot or Henry Cavill, they just left it open and said there's no reason that they can't come back and reprise their roles, but otherwise, you know, they might be recasting. But um, yeah, just really enjoy what they said. I'm excited. Uh, about the different things they announced. They announced a Superman movie, Superman Legacy, a Batman, Brave and the Bold, Swamp Thing feature, and then a bunch of TV stuff like Waller, which uh, I'm excited about that. I think Viola Davis is pretty awesome in that role. Um, then there's supposed to be a Lanterns project as well, as far as a Booster Gold. A lot, so, of, a lot of Amanda Waller, though. I wanted to say that just because of the fact that she's just... She's still in the middle of that uh, Peacemaker storyline that's going on. Because that's still an ongoing show. Which I'm surprised he didn't reference during his little slate announcement. He did? They they did in the article. It's deeper in the article. But yeah, Peacemaker will continue. Uh, The Matt Reeves Batman and the Todd Phillips Joker movies are labeled as Elseworld. So they'll continue um, as they are. 
Um, in a separate so timeline, hence yeah, you know, the Batman Part Two, they're calling it. Yeah, that uh, you know, anybody who's a comic book fan knows the Elseworld stories. You you know, you're getting you know what you're getting into reading them. You're you're reading a different take, but it's not it's not going to cross over. So that's uh, how those are handled. So yeah, I mean, I think um, the other thing that I really appreciated that Gunn said was. Uh, when they look at a project, they're not necessarily just going to label it a movie or a TV show right away. They're going to look at the story and kind of figure out what format uh, will work better for the story, whether a, a long format like TV or a shorter one like movie, which I think is very smart instead of trying to you know cram shit in and fix it. I like their release schedule targets, like of having two movies a year, maybe two or three shows a year. I think that's really smart not to overload because, I mean, you know, there's definitely certain times where it feels like there's a superhero movie, like literally every month and a half. Right. So I, I like everything here. I, I'm optimistic about the future of DC. I, I also really laughed at what he said. He's like up in uh, guns that up until now, DC's just been kind of handing out IP like candy, like any filmmaker who walks up and smiles here. You can have some IP and here you can have our IP. Whereas now uh, Gunn and Saffron are going to be much more uh, choosy and make everything a little bit more cohesive instead of having all this random shit going on at the same time. So, you know, I'm not saying it's all got to be tied together super tight like the Marvel ones, but it can get confusing sometimes. So I'm pretty optimistic about it. I'm curious to see um, what you guys have to say. Uh, Andrew, what, what are your thoughts on it? So, I mean... I don't know. I'm still kind of salty that they got rid of Henry Cavill and that entire spiel, especially because, you know, he left The Witcher to do it. Um, And I, I like, but I do like James Gunn. I do like his work. So I'm obviously definitely going to catch most of these films. I mean, I'm, I like the fact that there's a Batman and Robin film. I don't, I, does that have anything to do with the Batman? Did they say anything about that? No, I just said that. It was the Batman and Joker are Elseworlds, so they're they're their own separate things. And then, like, the Brave and the Bold and the new Superman and Swamp Thing, like, those will all be part of, like, the tied together uh, DCEU. So, yeah, the uh, Batman movie is supposed to be Batman and his son, Damian Wayne, as Robin, So as far as I know. Okay, what what is Superman Legacy? I didn't read further into that, but it's the I'm next assuming... Bat Batman. Listen to me. It's the next Superman movie. It comes yeah, out in 2025. Yeah. Without Henry. That just sucks. They're pointing out. That's what I'm saying. They're pointing out a Superman movie anyway. So why didn't he just keep Henry Cavill? Like I, I don't know. That's just weird to me. I guess they're trying to distance themselves as far away from it as possible. Which kind of makes a... sense because it's that's not really a great franchise, honestly. Especially so. if it's a sequel and not just the the whole reimagining of the character. Yeah, well, it really the Flash, doesn't make sense. The Flashpoint, to keep in mind, guys, the Flashpoint is going to yeah, take I, all the pieces and throw everything back down. So it's it's very easy to explain all this away with that. Yeah, I, I, I understand that. That's why I'm not really contesting that. It's just, like, weird. I don't know. You could have, like, kept some of your OG cast, like Henry Cavill. Yeah. Well, they mentioned but. that they said they might on certain people um, obviously not henry cavill i guess but <laughs> but other people um and real quick the other thing i forgot to mention that i liked as well is gun strategy of like he wants to have like a more well-known i think they call it like their a-list characters like batman 
uh, Wonder Woman Superman, have that movie come out and then have like a smaller movie come out around that time, like a lesser known character, which I think is a smart play. Uh, I agree. Them. Yeah. And the other thing I'm going to say is I'm not going to see that Flash movie. It's unfortunate, but I'm probably not going to sit down and watch that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what, you'll recommend it, but you won't watch it. We know. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, this is definitely a work of James Gunn because it's, it's all of, like the most quirky, obscure characters and IPs from the DC slate that, uh, of course, he's bringing to the masses a la uh, Guardians of the Galaxy about 10 years ago. Um, so, time will tell. We'll see just how many of these projects actually come to fruition and aren't just, you know, words coming out of his mouth for a YouTube video or, or an investor's meeting, whatever the whole reasoning behind this was for. Um, I, I know... I watched the video and my initial impression was he's kind of cocky, sounding kind of cocky with this shit, kind of like shitting on all the work from the past from people that, you know, say what you want about the DC movies. I know I have my opinions, but like there's still films that real people worked on, you know, for, for better or worse. They still dedicated their time and, and efforts to putting something cohesive together and you know for that work to just kind of just be shit on by the next guy in line I don't know and they have their fans like, and they do have the fans exactly yeah. they're not either like they're very divisive divisive but I mean you know as many people hate those movies also there's that many who love them you know so. right so, you know, in that manner, Gunn came off kind of dickish when he made those comments. Um, other than all that, that's, that's pretty much all I really had to say about this. Those are my two biggest takeaways is like his cockiness the co and, and the comments that he made. And the just the fact that, of course, he goes and picks like the most the bizarre fucking characters that no one's heard of to, you know, kick off this new era of DCU or whatever the hell it's called. But yeah, you know, what is it? Gods and Monsters. Is that what it's called? Chapter 1. I can't believe he's calling this a chapter. Yeah. It's like Phase 1. We're going to call it Chapters instead of Phases. It's like, come on, man. Give me a break. <laughs> Just call them movies. Alright, um, so that's my two cents on it. So, anybody else want to comment on this? Going once, going twice, and nope. moving on to coming attractions. Coming soon to theaters. All right. Two trailers that, funny enough, dropped today. If it weren't for these two trailers, I would have nothing for this category this week. Um, for the first one, I asked you guys to watch this film, Paint, with Ellen Wilson. It's hard not to feel a little lost as we begin. Let's just take it all in. When's the last time you heard someone say something that interesting? There is nothing like having the one you hold dearest, nearest, when the world turns cold. Thanks for going to a special place with me, Carl Darkle. 
I'm always moving forward, just on to the next. Don't let fame bring out the worst in you. I want to taste the cheese. How is everything? It's good. Good, thank you. Great, thank you. Hi, friends, and welcome to Paint with Ambrosia. It takes paint to a whole new place. You're entitled to your favorite TV show. That's what makes this country great. Touch my sandals. Oh, Carl. So I've watched this trailer twice now, and I still can't tell if it's a joke or a Wes Anderson type film. What I did gather from it is that it's a Bob Ross biopic that isn't about Bob Ross at all. Um, I've kind of, I was kind of getting um, uh, Joaquin Phoenix in Inherent Vice vibes. Um, yeah, I don't know. Time will tell. I mean, it looks like something that would, you know, at least pique my interest for the the ninety to one hundred and twenty minutes or whatever it's going to be. You know, runtime. Um, Plus, it's been a while since... I mean, Owen Wilson's just now starting to slowly come back into the fray. He's been gone for a while. People forget about that. So, And I've always been an Owen Wilson fan, for better or worse. So I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, these projects. And uh, this is just one of those projects that he's, you know, putting out. Um, yeah. Uh, Justin, what do you think about this? Um, now, is it actually the character named bob ross or is mm-hmm. it just obviously heavily influenced by heavily bob influenced this is not yeah, no he's not bob ross or nothing okay um yeah i don't i i honestly didn't know what to make of it um i, I was like if if it is a, a bob ross movie at least it doesn't look like they're doing a straight biopic right. um but i don't know I'm, I'm not that interested in bob ross anyway to want to see a movie about him so but he touched um, so many people in his no own. like i and I, I don't mean that to shit on what he did like it, why i, know, I, I could joking. sit i could sit there for a half an hour or so and watch him paint those little trees it, it, it was you know it was kind of a meditative <laughs> so i enjoy that but i don't need to see owen wilson as bob ross play in a, or a variation a fictional, of them. like whatever the story is yeah I, I mean it didn't look terrible or anything um maybe if i hear we'll something about that it, I would check it out. but yeah i mean if, if i hear enough good stuff about it i'd watch it on cable or something but i can't imagine <laughs> going out of my way to see it or tubi exactly That's right tubi baby you'd be all over this shit if it's a tubi original <laughs> <laughs> no i didn't watch the uh the Tubi original based on Johnny Depp and Amber Heard's trial. So I don't <laughs> give Tubi a pass on everything. Uh, just real quick. I'm a huge fan of uh, Bob Ross. I think uh, he was really influential. I used to watch him all the time. I never really painted, never much of a painter, but I always respected You had him. Mario paint, okay? Yeah. You dabbled in the fine arts of paint. <laughs> I tried making the little trees and the happy little clouds and shit. The Mario stamps. You know, he was just too good at it. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just always found it calming. Like, I remember I would have it on the background and I'd be playing. And I just feel like I would be, like, calming. Like You know, he was just, 
so soothing, so passionate about art. And uh, yeah, I mean, I would argue he's one of the most famous artists of uh, the past generation. I mean, pretty much everybody knows who Bob Ross is. So, uh, you know, say what you will about his work or anything like that. But, uh, you know, dude was important and influential. And yeah, it's a shame, too. I heard that he might have um, that this might have contributed to his passing was actually like the chemicals and the paint and the cleaner that he used. Oh, bullshit. Might have contributed. I, I don't know. Like he was paint and acetone. No. Yeah, if he used like old school chemicals and shit to um, clean I just told stuff. you what he used paint and acetone. He ain't dying. Maybe he was eating the paint after the camera stopped. I don't know. Maybe he was huffing but he was the an acetone. old guy, right? It wasn't, he, it wasn't like he was 45 when he nah, died. He, like, was, he was old. Right. I mean, I'm pretty he sure he had a long, healthy life. If the chemicals killed him at the age of 80. It's hardly a tragedy. I know. I'm just saying. It's like the man was dedicated to his craft. Now, this movie does look weird. Like the part when Owen Wilson's like talking to his fucking slipper or whatever i don't know <laughs> like I, I can't tell if it's trying to be funny to me it's a real person who is very highly respected so you kind of have to go serious because bob ross wasn't a comedian or anything like that so yeah i don't know i would rather see a serious uh biopic uh about him or something of that sort I gotta look and see if there's been a book written about him I actually now i kind of want to read the book that, that'll probably interest me more than this movie because uh, I can tell they're trying to go for that quirky, uh, like you said, kind of Wes Anderson feel and look. But when you're influenced by a real person like that, I don't know. I think you're playing fast and loose a little bit, but it might turn out to be fine. But I wouldn't say I'm excited for it, per se. It'll be, like I said, I'll, I'll pull a Justin and watch it on cable with commercials or something. The bad thing is it doesn't even look like, like, sub Wes Anderson it looks like sub Jared Hess so or isn't that the guy's name who did Napoleon Dynamite like he was kind of like a sub Wes Anderson like quirky for the sake of being quirky like it was all the annoying stuff about Wes Anderson it was like he totally didn't get what Wes Anderson was about and he just took all the quirks and just strung them all together and made movies based on that instead of like good characters that's that's what this reminds me of. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to find out that he's the guy who directed it. Andrew, anything you wanted to add to this? Um, I don't think I've ever actually sat down and watched a Bob Ross uh, episode, but I watched this trailer, and I'm gonna be honest with you, it's probably gonna be a hard pass for me, dog. Um, <laughs> There's not really too, too much that I found too appealing about it. It's going mean, to be a no I haven't dog. been a fan of Owen Wilson in, in, like, years. Since Shanghai Nights? Uh, it's a little after that. I mean, Wedding Crash is what I would say, which, ironically enough, the film has... Or no, wait, well, that's the next film up. But, I don't know. I'm just not super excited for it. Could be, uh, like I said, hard pass. Not dogging on it, just saying. Not my top of take. All right, guys and gals, let's talk about that Fast X trailer. I know that this road has been very hard. And yet here you are, building this magnificent family. What's going on in that head of yours? Something little piece of it. Is it dead? They're not afraid of anything. But I am. I'm afraid of losing someone I love. Dominic Toretto. 
You're about to learn all about fear. Boom! You built such a beautiful life, filled with love and family. I never got that chance. You stole that from me. My future. My family. And now, I'm gonna break yours. He's coming for you with everything. What's the plan, Dom? I'm not sure anymore. One of us might not come back from this. But we have to fight. Never accept death when suffering is owed. It's a setup. He's trying to tear us apart. Winning used to be about winning. We raced for respect. Today, I raced to stop the bloodbath. That's the problem with having such a big family. How do you choose? The ones you save. Let's race! You still know how to drive? What do you think? It's showtime! Here we go! Game recognizes game. I'm coming for you, son. Here they come. You will never be able to break my family. Sunshine. You gotta be kidding me. Alright, so I'm gonna tackle this one by myself because I have a pretty good idea of where my colleagues' opinions stand on this series, and I know that none of them could give two shits about this movie, and you know what? Pardon me does not blame them. But I figured I'd come on here myself to tackle it um, because even though the last two movies were great big positive shit, to quote Jeff Goldblum, uh, I, I'm, I've always been a sucker for this series. I, I've, it's a guilty pleasure. So these movies have always been dumb, popcorn, mindless fun. So yeah, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and go through 
you know, my opinions on all the movies individually, but basically it's been one wild ride ever since 2002 when I first saw The Fast and Furious after it came out on DVD. But uh, here we are, the 10th film in the series, and, um, you know, my initial thought after I first watched the trailer, because I had to watch it twice, because I just kind of couldn't believe what I was watching after the first time I watched it, because, dare I say... I was shocked at how grounded it was. I mean, yeah, there was some ridiculous things still in there, you know, that were kind of a trademark for the series, like, you know, the two choppers, like, getting, like, hooking Dom's car, and then they're, like, kind of dragging him airborne, and what I only can one assume, he hits the Nas and takes them both out. You know, there's still stuff like that to, to roll your eyes at, but... We had a race scene. For some reason, my initial thought after that, I watched the trailer both times was it's kind of like a more grittier, grounded version of this series. And Jason Momoa is the villain. Um, you know, six bucks in my left nut says that by the end of the film, he's going to end up becoming part of the family because every villain of this series does. It happened in the last film of Cena. It happened with, you know, Jason Statham a couple films back. It always happens. Like, no villain dies a death unless you're Cole. No, even Cole Hauser survived. Jesus Christ. Well, speaking of villains meeting their maker, the, the fifth film, this movie is uh, kind of retconning that because they had the, uh, uh, the I, I can't remember his name. For as much as I love that movie, it's it definitely has a, a wooden villain. Um... Anyway, the villain of that movie, the, the, uh, Jason Momoa, plays his son. And apparently he was there the entire time that bank heist uh, with the vault uh, takes place in Brazil at the end of Fast Five. Because if you watch the trailer, they're, like I said, they're retconning that. And I'm kind of like, ooh, you're kind of like messing with my favorite film of the franchise. So I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about that. But, you know, it's just an initial trailer. Um... You know, the whole gang's here. And at this point, when I say the whole gang, it's like... There's so many people. There's so many characters that have been introduced. And they keep on coming back. Even John Cena's back for this one. They all keep coming back. And I know, you know, they're all building up to like the beginning of the end. But we have, you know, like Brie Larson. What is she doing here? Who is she going to play? There's like three or four like new people on top of the people from the last film that just keep rolling over like all these people roll over so anyway my, my issue is or my concern rather is is everyone gonna have enough you know room to like do anything you know what's the point of having all these people if like a quarter of them aren't gonna have anything to do you know but whatever yeah if they can do it with endgame they can do it with this i guess it's the first part of a two-part finale god this series it's the beginning of the end and uh yeah i got nothing else that's my thoughts uh thumbs up cool see ya all right well let's move on to uh our weekly recommendations shall we what would you get for a six-year-old boy who chronically wets his bed uh andrew we're gonna mix things up this week andrew we'll let you go first no, 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 no. no 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 i can't go first Somebody else go first. Oh, 
Okay, Corey, you go first then. <laughs> you haven't seen the movie. Just throw one out. <laughs> I, I was going to say, that's why I'm What like, kind of thought do you have to put there's, into it? <laughs> there's articulate thought that goes into this. Thank you. <laughs> I need more time not to watch it. That's right. You <laughs> <laughs> like, you. Is the decision making that stringent that you really need more time? Oh, like, this movie just didn't make the cut. I just don't <laughs> think that I would, would like it enough if I was actually going to watch it. I'm going to need some more time, coach. Still not going to watch it, but you know. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> I, I saw Megan. Uh, recently like a couple days ago and that was really fun i really enjoyed that i like that whole subgenre of like the killer doll and technology gone amok so that was pretty awesome but that's not my recommendation uh the movie i'm gonna recommend actually really surprised me i heard some good things i'd also seen some bad things and the movie i'm talking about is smile um the horror movie that's on uh currently on paramount plus uh, on first glance, I looked at, like, I saw part the teaser trailer, and I just thought it looked like one of those terrible teeny bopper Blumhouse uh, horror movies like Truth or Dare or Ouija or whatever other terrible movies they made. The Bye Bye Man. Uh, the Bye Bye you know, Shit man. like that. Like, it just, it, it looked like a terrible, like, yeah, the smiling thing looked creepy, but I was like, it's going to be terrible. It's just going to be I've still yet idiots. to see Smile. Yeah, it's just going to be idiots smiling at each other. But I watched it, and now it's a legit horror movie. It, it It's well made. Like, the directing is good. There's a lot of good shots in it. Um, the story is pretty well done. Um, uh, what's her name? Sosie Bacon, the daughter of the pork king himself, Mr. Kevin Bacon, is pretty good in the lead role. Um, plus, what, what's his name? Um, Kevin Gallagher or Kyle Gallagher, is that his name? The guy who was in... Um, the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. He was recently in the newer Scream movie and he got killed. He's in the movie as a cop. He's pretty good. Um, so yeah, the movie was actually a lot better than I thought. I think it was a good setup, executed well. Uh, definitely creeped me out a little bit. Like, the smiling thing is kind of eerie, especially they pull it off very well in the movie. It's kind of like uh, got an It Follows vibe in there. Uh, but done slightly differently, where, like, this thing is basically can be anything, anywhere, and follow her, and she doesn't know, basically, what's real and what's not. So it plays with her mind quite a bit. And yeah, it's really creepy and kind of messed up in spots. It's also laughably bad in certain other spots. <laughs> but uh, those are few and far between. The good far outweighs the bad. Um, and it was really enjoyable. It was a legit horror movie. I wouldn't say it was like super scary, but it definitely creeped me out a little bit. Like watching it at night. Um, I definitely saw those smiles <laughs> in my dreams. So, but it was good. It was a legit horror movie. It wasn't just a like thrown together Blumhouse teeny bopper. Like, um, it, it had some real talent behind it. I don't know. I'm looking up right. the director's name now. I don't know if it was just um, if it was their first movie or not, but I'll give Parker Finn. I'll give him credit. Like uh, the movie's well directed. It's got some good shots in there. Um, it looks well made. It looks like a real movie, not like some of the shit you see. Uh, and it's got some good gore in there too. It, it's pretty brutal. Some of the deaths, uh, surprisingly brutal. But yeah, I would recommend it. Any horror fan, it's you know, it's not like an A plus or anything. It's you know, it's like a solid three out of five or something like that. 
but it's on Paramount, and it's it's far better than it looks, is what I'll say. I've been on the fence about it, but you might have just sold me, because I've been hearing more and more, like, I've been seeing people say how good it is. I'm like, really? Like, I just kind of wasn't interested, but, like, now I, I think I'm going to check it out. Yeah, it's pretty good. All right, I'm ready. All right, go for it. <laughs> Put me in, Coach. Corey, 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 <laughs> Corey has uh, piqued my interest. My week re- my uh, recommendation this week is Saul. Now, see, I have seen Saul, and Saul is a Saul. very good horror film. See Saul. Um, Carrie, is it Ewells or Elwes? Elwes. All right. As you know, Doctor Lawrence Gordon, him, and a guy named Adam, who is played by Lee. How is that spelled? Wenell. I want to say it is. Yeah, Lee Wenell. All right, cool. Uh, locked in a room, dead body in the middle of it. I'm sure you've, you know, multiple people have seen it, but at the same time, multiple if you haven't people. seen it, if you haven't seen <laughs> it, more than two people have seen this movie. More, more. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they made twenty of them. I'm just so. <laughs> Oh man! (laughs) Carry on. Anyhow, but I'm inquiring that you see it again (laughs) because (laughs) this is so stupid. Do it, do it. See, you made me sound so dumb. All two of you, see it again. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it's got it's got Danny Glover, so. My also right. also the other recommendation I have this week is Saw Seven, which I haven't seen, which I'm sure multiple more people have seen because the budget was 17 million, the motherfucking box office poked the bank at 136.2 million. So, uh, I would like to think that Tobin Bell comes back as Jigsaw. He's probably been revised, sent to space, came back to Earth. <laughs> um, and is now made of like I don't know robotic parts, and him and Carrie Yules, <laughs> Elwes Yules, get back together, get back together, and um, I don't know, do things. I know, do I know things. things. I know things are done in this <laughs> film, and it's done in 3D at that. The only reason I know that is because the top question is: Is Saw Seven Saw 3D the same film? Apparently, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know because I've never seen it, and that is my other weekly recommend. Apparently, I've, it is. I've been going back and picking those movies up as I see them at the thrift store. So I got three and five, and I'm gonna once I get the first I mean, couple, I'll start. I going like back the first. Them. I like the first three, four, five, and six are just not great at all. I just remember Donnie Wahlberg being in it, who I would like to think is in Saw Seven too, or rather Saw Three D. But I don't know because I I've never seen Saw Seven. He's I cut not. it off at the I cut it off at the first six. <laughs> it's like me with the Police Academy what, movies. One of them has Chris Rock at this point. I I don't know. Yeah, it's like there's Mission a lot of, to there's, Ma- there's a lot of things happening with this. Like Mission to Moscow. I draw the line there. Damn it. <laughs> Actually, Part Five is where I, I, I'm a Mission in Miami. I like that one. And then Missing I'm in Miami. Yeah. <laughs> Justin. What do you want to recommend this week for everybody? Uh, I wasn't sure. I had I've seen a couple of things recently that are decent. <clears throat> I'm gonna think I'm gonna go with one. It seems a little odd. I think not usually in my wheelhouse. Um, 
it's an older movie. It's from 1952, I believe. Um, and it's a musical. It, it is the uh, Gene Kelly musical Singing in the Rain. Um, I was, you know, on the couch the other night. I was going to put something from the DVR on. And it just, I, I guess I had must have had the TV on TCM. And it was coming on next. And I was like, this feels like a movie I should see. I know it's a classic. <laughs> I've never seen it. Um, it kind of felt like like doing homework or eating vegetables. I was like, eh, I, I kind of have to do it. And I almost bailed early on. I, the first half an hour of it is mostly pretty bad. Um, yeah, Gene not Ke- singing in the rain. It, yeah, it, Gene Kelly's <laughs> performance is like just very hammy and like, he delivers 90% of his lines like directly to, and he's not like breaking the fourth wall. He's talking to other people in the scene, but he's looking directly at the camera as he does it. It's, it's a weird choice. Um, There's like a part where he's getting interviewed. So it, it's not so weird for that. But then in other scenes where there's no interview going on, he's still doing it, doing it. And it's distracting. Um, Some of the comedy is cringy, but then they get to a song and dance and it's one of the best fucking song and dance routines I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, okay, I guess I got to stick with this a little longer. And then Debbie Reynolds shows up and she's like 19 years old. And I, I've never seen 19 year old Debbie Reynolds before. And that was kind of fascinating. Um, and then around that 30, 40 minute mark, it actually starts to get really fucking good. Um, there's a couple more song and dance routines in that time. And, and then like once the story kicks in and you've met all the characters, it, it just gets really, really it, like I can understand why it's a beloved classic. Um, I'm not a big fan of musicals. I'm not a big fan of 50s movies in general. Um, but, you know, I guess when when it's done well, um, it's worthwhile. And it's it's an interesting story. It's about it's like set in the twenties, so it's like uh, uh, Gene Kelly and this woman, this blonde-headed woman, Gene Hagen, are like the biggest silent movie stars in the world. And all of a sudden, it's that transition from silent movies to talkies. Like that, you know, the talkies just kind of come out of nowhere, so everybody has to readjust and and learn how to make that kind of a movie. And um. And like her voice is all fucked up. So it's like, what, you know, what are we going to do? We can't let people hear what she really sounds like. Um, and her performance is, is great. Um, Debbie Reynolds is very charming. Gene Kelly gets good after a while. Uh, Sky Donald O'Connor, who's like his sidekick, ends up gets beyond the cringiness and, and is, ends up being really funny. Um, and there's like a handful of songs in it where it's like, oh, I didn't realize it that you know that oh that's where those songs came from that kind of a thing so um yeah i know that that's not like i said it's not usually my bag i know it's probably not a lot of people's bag at this point in time but um you know if you do have an interest in musicals or or older movies or a combination of the two um you could do a lot worse than this one so i'm gonna go ahead and I am going to recommend it was a toss up between this movie I'm actually going to recommend and the movie I just watched Class of 99 but in the end The Guest Adam Wingard's The Guest which uh, 
I first saw coming up on 10 years uh, ago when it first came out. Um, it, it's one of those films that um, played. Uh, it, it played like the circuit. Like it didn't really get like a formal release in the theaters, and that bums me out too because I would have loved to have seen this movie in the theater. But unfortunately, outside of a couple private screenings or whatever, which none of them happened around this neck of the woods. This is a movie that was pretty much just dumped straight to DVD or Blu-ray when it first came out. Um, and I've been a big fan of it since. I, I, I saw it once. I'm a huge Your Next fan. The film they did prior to this. When I say they, I mean the director Adam Wingard and his writing partner Simon Barrett. And they both returned for this movie. Uh, Dan Stevens is fucking incredible as the, as the guest. Um... There's a lot of uh, cool little cameos, a lot of people that, you know, show up in pretty much all of his films, like uh, A.J. Bowen, for example. Um, although he shaved his beard for a role in this movie, and you've, if you don't look hard enough, you can't even tell it's him. But, um, yeah, so the way I always describe it, though, in case you've never seen or heard of the guests, like Adam Wingard, like I said, the last movie he did before this was Your Next, which was like a slasher film with a twist, like his take on the slasher era, the slasher uh, subgenre. This movie, it's not even a horror movie. It's it's uh, like a love letter to... In the same vein as your next, but this time he's, they're going like for more of like the early to mid '90s, like um, like thrillers, like maybe like like Silk Stockings or something that would be on USA Network or something. Um, and it's got a great soundtrack, and it's got one of the greatest Halloween three nods you'll ever see. So it's, you just gotta see it. Has anybody else here seen the guest, or is it just me? Yeah, I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Oh, okay. Never seen it. Gotcha. Never heard. You of it. guys should see it. It's fucking awesome. And I, Corey and Justin, and I, I, something tells me you guys will both like the movie. It's it, it, so, yeah. And for those of you at home or in the car listening to this, check out the guest. It's it's great. Um, I I watched it. I I picked up months back. Um. A UK import from Second Sight, their 4K edition of the film. I, I bought that, and that's how I watched it. Looks amazing, but yeah, it's just it's a great act, great movie to watch. Like you know, some good performances, especially Dan Stevens, the soundtrack, and just the plot. It's it's really interesting. It's such a simple plot, but it's it's a lot more going for it. So. Yeah, The Guest, 2014, from Adam Wingard and Simon Barrett. That's my recommendation. And unfortunately, gang, this is the end, friends. But before we split, I want to remind listeners to check out our never-running collection of film effect content over at the Archive, which can be found on our website, www.thefilmeffectpodcast.com, and on all major podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, Breaker, Stitcher, and so on. Go ahead and follow us on Facebook at the Film Effect Podcast and Twitter at Film Effect Pod. And if you enjoyed this podcast, then please let us know by leaving a rating and review on Apple, Spotify, Facebook, or directly on our website. Your honesty is always appreciated, and it really does help the show out and uh, leads to more and more exposure for us. So, uh, yeah. 
that pretty much sums up everything for the week. Thanks again to my co-hosts for all they do and to all of our listeners for staying true. And until next week, I'm Ed. I'm Andrew. I'm Justin. And I'm Corey. And make sure you check me out on the movie loop. Uh, I went on with Carlo and we covered five different random categories of movies. uh, And it should be out now. And it's pretty awesome. Bye, guys. All right. This has been another episode of FewerCast. Take care now. Bye-bye. See ya. And don't cross the street. Thank you. Thank you, bye.